hell's wrong with you? I miss my wrestling. Here's your wrestling. Yes. I I need my wrestling. All right, man. Calm down. It's all good. You know why? Because you are listening to your professional wrestling fix. Follow us on Facebook at 10 Wrestling Pro Wrestling Discussions. On Twitter at the NZ Geary. And catch your new episodes of the 2300 Wrestling Podcast and the Basement Dropkick on Anchor FM, Spotify, and other leading platforms. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 2300 Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, D.B. Richards, alongside my referee, Dave Keener. Hi. Hi. So, guess what? We have a guest today. We have a guest today. We have a guest today. How big? He's a big guest. Uh, big guest? In the independent scene, yes. Huge guest. Yes, he's an actor, too. Yes, he is. He's been in a lot of good movies. Yes, he is. I recommend watching Bruce. Bruce is a good movie. Very it's good about movie. Bruce Wayne. Short film, but it was good. Yeah, it was really good. If you haven't seen it, watch it, and right. you'll enjoy it. So... What's going on in wrestling? Um, Let's teen, talk wrestling. TNA just um, did something big. What's that? You got a new champion, women's champion. Oh, yes, they did. Murder Machine Guns came back. Murder City came back. Oh, my god. They're gosh. teasing EC3 coming back. That's awesome. I, I'm, um, I'm amazed. The Good Brothers made their debut, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson on TNA. And Rich Swan came back. Rich and, Swan And Eric Young. Same match. See that? Everybody's coming back to Teen. I I, I think TNA's product is going to be a little bit better now. It's getting there. I think they're going to be number three. But new knockout champion. Ooh, new knockout. Somebody who I've worked with. Somebody who I've refed. Who is it? Diana Perrazzo. Because you keep on bringing people you refed her. Right. Did this and this, and you're going to like that say, just say the name. Everybody just wants to hear the name. Diana Perrazzo. Okay. Who is she? She's the new TNA Impact Women's Champion. What do you know about her? Local in the area. She's worked ECWA. She's worked many of the other companies in the area. She's pretty good. She's worked um, Jordan the Grace, Kimberly, uh, Mercedes Martinez. Great athletes. Great all athletes. Of them, all of them are great. Right. Tonight we got Karen Q. Anything else going on in wrestling? Dave? Not really. Like nothing going on in wrestling at all? No Chris Jericho and... Oh yeah, you have Chris Jericho and Sebastian Bach. Ooh. <laughs> that's the biggest feud right now. Right. Right. Dude, Bach is telling Jericho he lip syncs. I don't see it. You see it? Oh, we didn't introduce Corey Castle. Castle. And we're introducing right now. He's in the green room and all that. And I don't know why we... That's uh, so I don't know. He's on the phone. I'm right. sorry. Corey Castle. Legendary. Corey in, in Castle. CZW original. Corey Castle. Um, Actor. Worked. Corey Actor. Castle. DCW, ECWA. Corey Castle. CZW. Corey Castle. I hope you guys enjoyed this interview. Guess what? What? We got wristbands. Is that wristbands? Wristbands. All right. Yeah, 10 wrestling, yellow and black all around. It's great. It's great to like have to because you can help us um, promote our podcast and everything that we're trying to do in the future. Sounds good. And we just got in 10 wrestling bead wristbands. Now, how much are these ones? These ones are six bucks, and the rubber band ones are five bucks. So the ones that look like a rubber band are five bucks? Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. So if you want to help us get a mixer and all this stuff, please donate or please help us. We'll send you something cool, like these wristbands and cool bead bands. You can hear them. Cool. So please help. Well, it'll be awesome. Thank you. And not just for me, but for Quinn too. He needs help as well. And in the future, we will have t-shirts. 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 Anything else? Oh, we have plans of making t-shirts and t-shirts and t-shirts. And um, we got icons in the future. We'll get you an idea if you want to get an autograph. We'll send them and ship them to you. And we got wristbands and wristbands and wristbands and wristbands and wristbands. And wristbands. 
Hey guys, this is Bob Mann from the Bob Culture Podcast here, here to tell you a little bit about my pop culture podcast, where we're talking about wrestling, movie reviews, and interviews with the likes of Jim Ross, Jake the Snake Roberts, Velvet Sky, Summer Rae, we've even had a Ghostbuster on the show, that's right. So check us out right now at bobculture.podbean.com. We are also on iTunes, YouTube, YouTube, that's not a thing, YouTube, and all that good stuff. Enough shameless promo, back to the show. Tonight, we got a guy that has been up and down the indie scene since 2002. Okay. We have none other than Corey Castle. Hello, Corey. Hi, how's it going? Doing great, doing great, my friend. Um, great. I'm welcome. I'm DB. Um, Thanks, DB. And I want to go I want to go back. Um, when you were a kid, who was your favorite wrestler? When I was a kid, my favorite wrestler is uh, still my favorite wrestler. It was uh, Chris Jericho. Oh, nice one. I, yeah. I have a lot of respect still, for Chris. Still is my favorite wrestler. So do you like Fozzie too? Nope. <laughs> uh, I mean, not, not, I mean uh, did you ever see? Did you ever see the movie Zoolander? Yes. yes. When Hansel's like Sting, he's a big inspiration of mine. I don't listen to any of his music. I never heard any of it. But uh, uh, <laughs> the fact that he's making it. I mean, the man that's has how been I feel about Chris numerous times. So, um, get, um, getting into the business. Um, so how, how did you, um, wanted to get in? Like, did you have plans? You want to be a wrestler or it just fell in place? Well, let's, let's go back. The year was 1998. Okay. Uh, That's my, um, high school year. So the, well, okay. I, so I say I, I discovered wrestling probably two years before that. Okay. The thing that like really hooked me. Like okay, I knew what I knew about wrestling since I was a little little kid, but I didn't have the like attention span yeah. to like put Mondays aside or like like track which days of the week to watch wrestling. But yeah. then I saw Hell in a Cell, the first Hell in a Cell with okay. uh, Shawn Michaels and Undertaker. Yes, and the, the debut of Kane, all that drama in that was like okay, I'm hooked. I have to watch this all the time now. So then I hung out with kids at school who were also big wrestling fans. My one of my best friends, still still one of my very best friends, and I give him as much credit as I can possibly give him for it. His name is uh, Scott McGonigal. Okay. Scott found an article in the Bucks County Courier Times. So the newspaper, there was an article in the newspaper about a, a pro wrestling school right here in like Levittown. Okay. Which is, I, I live in Langhorn, so that's like right down the street from me. A wrestling school where like there was just teenagers going there. Yeah. So there was kids training to be wrestlers who were the same age as us and, and then Scott was like, dude, let's go there. So we went and, uh, you know, it was just, it was just some guy who you know was a dropout from the monster factory who okay. didn't really know how to be a, he wasn't trying to teach us how to be wrestlers he was just trying to get our money okay and and, and, and you know and in some cases sleep with our moms yeah, not, not, my mom, not my mom or anything I not think... my mom or anything but some of the other guys moms got slept with by this guy i guess scotty didn't know Scotty didn't know. Um. No, Scott. <laughs> so uh, we, uh, we, we. I was going there for. I was going there for two years, and it got shut down because the guy would be drunk and high around all these kids, and he would like. He would really kind of abuse us. Like mm. he, uh, he had a, a kendo stick that he would hit us with every single day, like just for the hell of it. Oh, like is this, so. Uh, is this the meat? Um, are we gonna get to to the whole um, speak out movement here? <laughs> oh, I mean, dude, it's. It's it's beyond it's everybody's got an origin story and I wouldn't yeah. be who I am today if I didn't go through that. So yeah. I'm not trying to out anybody and I don't really I don't mind. I don't care. I mean I'm not gonna knock a guy who's down that low down another peg. I don't need to do that. Oh no, no. His, no. Right. Like I'm sure his life isn't the best and it's 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 a, a pro wrestling origin story, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I went yeah. through that school and uh when I was there I uh, met 
one of my one of my best friends there. I met my best friend uh, Rick Connor. You guys probably know who Rick Connor yeah, is, right? Rick. Yeah. So Rick, who uh, wrestled back then, re- wrestled eventually as Rick Feinberg in CZW. Uh, so I met him there. And uh, he stopped going to the other the school in Levittown, and uh, and also this this dude that I met was uh, his name was Rich. He was the the discount ref, discount Dewey Donovan, and discount Dewey Donovan started bringing me down to the CCW school. So I was like 16. I, I was maybe I was 15 going into 16. So I remember going to the uh, original CCW school, which was like in Mantua, New Jersey. It was just like some warehouse that they turned into a wrestling arena, and uh, that was. I mean, that's how I came into it. I didn't. I didn't fall into it. It was definitely a whole lot of work I had to do. No, Chris, uh, I mean, Jer- Chris Jericho and Lance Storm had that same problem. You know, Bruce Bruce Hart was tra- um, training them or something like that, and I think it was Bruce. And out from nowhere, like he wasn't there. They had like a guy training them, and so the Hearts really didn't train him. Yeah, yeah, I, I read that in Jericho's book. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't, th- you didn't think Chris Jericho is my favorite wrestler just for me to say it. I read oh. his books. <laughs> I read the books too, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan yeah. of his. But Bret Hart's my favorite. But um, uh, and Jericho's on the list of favorite uh, wrestlers. So um, who really trained you? Honestly, I, I, I honestly, my trainers. I say the two trainers. Uh, do you guys know? Do you guys know the tag team of VD, Eddie Valentine, and John Dahmer? Yes. Yeah. They, they trained me, and I still am glad. Ed, and I, you know, I give thanks to them like almost every day. I talk to them. I talk to them all the time. Like Eddie Valentine is one of my best friends in my life. Yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll get on the phone with him and him and I will stay on the phone for like hours and hours at a time. And then my girlfriend will be like, what are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, well, just catching up with my friend. So, what is the best advice they given you? What was the, v- the best advice that yes. that I got from Eddie Valentine or from John Dahmer? Both. Anybody uh, in general. Shoot, man. Um, I'm gonna tell you a funny story, and it still gets it still gets quoted all the time in my house. As a matter of fact, it's written on the white erase board. Like the day I the day I moved into this house, I wrote it on the erase board, and it hasn't left. Okay. So. When I when I was like I said I was I was probably 16 or 17 and Eddie Valentine was like he was teaching me how to take a tombstone pile driver right and he was like dude just tuck your head and I'm like but then my face is gonna be on your dick dude I don't want to do that and Eddie looked at me and he had the most serious face and he went it's wrestling don't be 12 so I still say it all the time I have it written on the board here in my in my living room it just says don't be 12 don't be 12 that's a good <laughs> so one just don't be 12 uh, with Dahmer it's um, with Dahmer it's really uh, a very much um, it's a very much even though you think people aren't paying attention to your hard work people are still paying attention to your hard work if you work hard people who need to notice will be noticing okay that's something that I learned from Dahmer that, okay, that's okay. still you know pretty ingrained in who I am yeah, yeah yeah so how did your family and friends um react when you told them you were going to get into the wrestling business um well you know most of the people told me that it was stupid and most of the people didn't believe I mean I was really skinny I was not athletic not athletic at all um very uncoordinated not an athlete I was a nerd you know I, I had bad eyesight and I never had a girlfriend we're all nerds it's all yeah. good yeah, so I mean, I I for sure one like honestly, my brother and my mom were like probably the. 
biggest the biggest supporters of mine like getting into wrestling my brother would drive me to training my, my mom would pay for the training like when i was when i was real young when i when i was 14 and i was going to the school around here it was like 30 bucks a month so my mom was my mom was paying for that and uh and uh you know when i started go when i started going to like the ccw school obviously the, the bill was on me at that point my mom wasn't paying for it anymore okay okay both both my parents hated the fact that me and mike were getting into wrestling they wouldn't come to the shows like michael took a powerbomb from harley lewis one time and i was like nope never again I, I know I know that it had my my grandmother did not like it very much. She didn't li- okay, she liked wrestling. We grew up watching wrestling. Right. But she called it she called it wrestling. There you go. She she was like, Me and my nana used to watch wrestling. So she liked it that like she was a fan of the stuff that she liked when she was a kid. But then she didn't really like the fact of being able like seeing me get hit and stuff she didn't like that i remember i remember i made her watch wrestling with me a couple times dude nobody in my family at all is a wrestling fan at all no one likes it no one's ever ever watched it but i i I made my grandmother watch it with me once with um it was the smackdown when uh remember when arnold schwarzenegger punched triple h and like (laughs) vince mcmahon gave arnold schwarzenegger a a wwf title was that new jersey i think it was a new jersey show i'm not sure i'm not sure where it was Mm. but i i uh i made my grandmother watch it with me and i was like i was like nan pay attention one of these days i'm gonna win that belt and then i'm gonna look at the camera and i'm gonna wink at you and she was like honey i'm not gonna be alive to see that (laughs) oh my god and uh and i was like all right well i'll point to the air i guess and she's like sure maybe i'll see it oh my gosh that's that's so that that's crazy um when training what was the hardest move to take or the hardest bump do you guys know who chris cash is i do but explain it because some people might not okay uh chris cash he did a move called the cash flow. Okay. That was his finisher. It would basically be he'd grab you by your head and make you backflip over his shoulder. So he'd be behind you and he would grab you by your head and just pull you towards the front and you wind up landing like like as if he was X factoring you. Okay. So uh, that that move like so he would like it it wasn't it wasn't the hardest move to take but it was not my favorite to take. Okay. Okay. And uh, do you guys do you guys know John Dahmer? You know his moves? A little bit of John Dahmer. Okay. The move of a thousand maniacs was his finisher. It was like he picks you up like he's gonna power bomb you, and then he and he turns it into a pile driver. Okay. Like you're up like a gut wrench power bomb on his shoulder, and then he just like drops you down to a, a pile driver position and falls with you. Uh, Scott Steiner did something similar. Did he? Yeah. Like I, I'm trying to picture it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would say probably look up Move of a Thousand Maniacs John Dahmer okay. on YouTube and you'll find it. It's all over the place, but that's one of my least favorite moves to take and the cash flow. I got a story to tell leading into this question coming up. So I'm out hanging out at one of my local joints uh, about a year ago and I look up at the bartender and I'm like, holy crap, this bartender looks familiar. And I look at him and I'm starting talking to him. We start talking wrestling. I'm like, where do I know you from? He's like, well, I used to wrestle for CZW. I'm like, no crap, who are you? I know who it is already. Ian Knox? Yep. Yeah. I knew you were going to say Ian. Right. So I'm sitting there and he goes, well, who are you? I'm like, I'm Mike Keener's little brother. He goes, Dave? I'm like, yeah. He goes, holy shit, dude. So it was just kind of funny to run into Ian at a local local joint and just sit there and talk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dude, I would love to just ha- hang with Ian. Just like, just a whole evening with just, I can't wait. I'm, I'm trying to get him to come here one, one of the weekends where Eddie's here. When Eddie, I'd love to hang out with Eddie and Ian at the same time. Yeah. Because <laughs> like both, both of them are like family members to me. Like 
Honestly, Ed, Ian and I, from the start, were saying we're like brothers. Like, he was like my big brother in wrestling school. And it, for sure, like, there's no other way to describe that relationship. And it, it's it's actually really funny to me to think about the fact that some people come through this business and, like, don't have friends like that. And I'm like, well, were you just not paying attention? What happened? Right. How did you not get friends like that? How did you not form a bond with these people who, like, you're all, we're all these weirdos. Every one of us is this, this weird who will travel to this place and pay to go there and get our asses beat together like we're insane yeah, enjoyably so i grew up yeah, i right. grew up in chichester pennsylvania and um there was um two guys to work for ecwa brian sosha and um billy backs george baxter huh? so we grew up um doing backyard wrestling in chichester so mark, that mark smart mark yeah, smart mark smart mark smart <laughs> He just he uh, just dude, got Brian, um Brian, like, he just let got just got let go from his radio station. That's right, dude. Brian's my friend, man. I love Brian. Um, Yo, if, if, if if he hears this or if you talk to him, and all the best. I mean, I didn't know about the the getting let go from the, the radio job, but dude, start a podcast. Oh yeah, he he's the reason why I started a podcast. He said your voice, you should do a podcast, and I started a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> and then he brought Brian, me along. Brian, Brian and I met. I'm gonna say we probably met in like. 2003 and uh I, we've always just like kept up with like just like talking on the phone every once in a while it's there's a brand of good person that you don't meet that often but in this business i've met some that i'm like wow how are you in the business like because i've met some really nice people who've come up to me and said hey i want to get in wrestling and i'm like dude you're too nice for wrestling don't do it <laughs> but brian is one of those people who's like wow he's too nice for wrestling oh yeah man i, I love that man i will do anything to help him you know what i mean so let's talk about CZW. Okay, what you got? So um, I noticed that you're doing a lot of tag team wrestling. Um, so what? I don't know what to ask. Holy crap! I just put down CZW. Fundamentals. Fundamentals. Um, who was who was running um CZW at the time? Uh, well, it was. I mean, it was owned by John Zandig. Okay. Um, who was running it? I think um Mike Burns was running it for a while. Okay. At the time, and I think there there were some moments where it was somebody different all the time. Like it went through phases. Like I know Johnny Cashmere had the book for a minute. I know um that was while I was I was just a trainee at that time. I was not even on the shows yet. Yeah, I um, saw that you did um, um student battle royals. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Johnny didn't have the book at that point anymore. Johnny had the book. I would say probably two years before that. Okay. Just as I, like, that was when I was, um, as, you guys know, um, Doomsday Danny Rose? Yeah, I know Danny. Okay, when, Doomsday when Danny, Danny Rose. And, uh, Adam were doing the Rachis. Yes, the, the Rachis. Doomer. Doomsday <laughs> yeah. Danny Rose, uh, we used to always, he used to always come up to me and be like, yeah, bro, gotta keep flexing them ring crew muscles. I was ring crew for years. Like, that was all, I did ring crew, even, even after I was on shows, I was just ring crew, dude. I would, like, I would be putting the ring up while the fans were getting in the building. I ring announced Danny when I was in uh, PW. WF up in uh, Phoenixville, Pottstown for Carino. So okay. I got to know them very well. Yeah, I, I helped um, Chris Sutton what, um, back in the day put up his ring when he came back to wrestling shows again. Okay. Is Sutton still running or did he stop? I don't know. I'm, I'm not friends with him. Um, okay. Yeah, falling well, out. I heard he was running out in Chai, but I haven't yeah. heard anything since. I think he well, still is. I mean, I think wasn't he doing something where like, uh, and this is this is pulling the curtain back. This is too inside baseball. But wasn't he doing a thing where Blackie and Tyreno were booking for him? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's familiar. I mean, I used to, dude. I did stuff with Ace or whatever, whatever that company was called. I did. I'd say probably like 2008 or nine or something. I was their junior heavyweight champion back in my skinnier days. Yeah, I, I helped out something for a minute. 
went in and we just had a falling out and I did one show for him. So I I saw him once. It was for the breaker. Yeah, the breaker showed the school. Yeah, and I went up to him, said hello, and and walked away. I don't want to. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was, don't want to keep feuds in my life. I was professional. I shook his hand. How you doing? It was his ring, so I had to. It's it's your guy's show, so you can choose what you can or can't talk about, or you can choose what you're going to devote time to. And if you wanted to devote time to, like, people who aren't going to make your life better, like, your product might suffer. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. that's, yeah. that's kind of the way I feel, like, my theory on life is, like, I'd rather have things around me that, that make me better, and I can make those things better. You know, like Correct. those kinds of relationships. Definitely agree. So I'm lo- I'm looking up your matches with um in CZW right now. So reason why I have a phone, right? <laughs> right. So you won the Student Battle Royal back in um Havoc and oh. Heat Wave. That's the name. Uh, of the- Hellware. Yeah. Havoc and Hellware. Hellware. That's a, I'm trying to read and, it. Uh, I forgot all about that. You've reminded me about it. Um, I was a teenager at the time. I'm <laughs> I'm 36 years old now. So you're still uh, a kid, um, kid. <laughs> I mean, that was a long ass time ago. Um, but yeah, that student battle royal. I, I know. I know it was outside at in Delaware. Okay. I got to I got to do some spots, with, some silly goose spots with some of my my friends, and you know, I'm I'm glad that I got to have some of those experiences. I'm glad that I got to meet some of those people. Honestly, other some of those people in in that match are my best friends that I've ever had, and still still some of my best friends. Yeah, I'm I'd looking. Say, at, I'm yeah. Look, I'm I looking think at, Danny was in that match. Looking at the names of the um, Johnnies in there, you got Merck, Nate. Hatred, Ian. Nick Gage, Ruckus, Sabian. It's Black Cheese, right? Um, mm. Sun J. Dot. <laughs> Sounds like you said Butt Cheese. That's Butt <laughs> Cheese, right? Butt. <laughs> That's why our audio engineer is like, oh god. Did I say Butt Cheese? I thought I said Black Cheese. I'm sorry. I don't know. Corey heard Butt Cheese. Oh. It sounded like you said butt cheese. Oh, but. okay. And you got Trent and yeah. White Peter and the Backstreet Boys. That Backseat Boys. Backseat Boys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just threw it. I saw back and I just thought Backstreet. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris Cash. Yeah. How, how was I mean, that? How was that battle royal? <laughs> so I think also Rick Connor was in that match. And I know that the, I'm pretty sure, uh, I'm almost positive that that Jeff was in that match. Sozio, uh, Niles Young, okay. who, uh, he, like I said, he's a uh, he's one, one of my best friends, dude. Like he's got he's got a really good podcast. You guys should check it out. It's called Struggling with Sozio. And, yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. It's definitely it's definitely worth a listen, and you can learn some cool things. He's really transparent. You know what I mean? It's really cool about you get you get like really no filter as far as like how he really feels about the world, and it's really refreshing. That's awesome. I, I like that. So you started off looking at CZW, and man, you had a lot of matches, man. And you were big on tag team, and I I like that. I love tag team wrestling. So um, let's let's talk about your tag team. So it looks like you worked with Niles Young, CKY, Dahmer. Did tag team wrestling, as far as uh, that that timeline and that era, like in that arena, right? Yeah. So the twenty three hundred arena, since you know that's the name of the show. Yes. In that era, it wasn't there wasn't really an emphasis on psychology and selling that wasn't the biggest priority like it was like and for the most part i think young Corey castle in czw was just like kind of a feeder jobber sort of thing yeah like the tag team stuff i was kind of a, just more, more than anything i was just kind of like a little bump dummy and it was probably honestly it was probably me not not working as hard as i should have been working and you know i was i was young so I was, you know, showing up to the school, you know, showing up to the buildings to set up 
up the ring and uh, doing that kind of stuff. But uh, I probably wasn't working hard as hard as I should have been working to become more skilled as a wrestler at that point. Yeah, yeah. So what, what company gave you your shot? I think I probably had my most fun and my biggest push. Like as and I was like the heavyweight champ. And that was uh, that was DCW in Delaware. Okay. DCW in Delaware is uh you know I spent almost ten years there. Yeah, I saw that like, you wrestled on um, Breaker and it looked like yeah. I, I need to find the stuff. You know what I mean? Check look that up. Out. I'm telling you, look up the ECWA barbed wire or the the baseball bat match between him and Breaker. The sad reality of it is that match wasn't even that good. It was like it was really like I think that my time in ECWA was ridiculously mismanaged, and I think I was punished for having opinions about things. And like I might have I might have not been as humble as I should have been, but at the same time, dude, like I'm better than what you're giving me credit for. I, I remember having to call nine one one that night though. It just got a little deeper than was supposed. That that that, that happens, right? Two stitches, he was done. Two stitches? I, get I, got, I got two stitches in my ankle. Got hit by a I don't think it was stitches. I think it was just the glue stuff. Yeah, it was the, the glue, glue stuff. stuff. Yeah. Okay. They, they they had to take me though. They had to take me to the emergency room. So uh let let's let's review here. Okay. So I was in a match that didn't really need to happen okay uh i was i i don't i don't do deathmatch stuff i've never taken in a match before that was the first time i ever did so they took me out in an ambulance so my phone my wallet my clothes everything was still at the building i didn't get paid for the show and then i had to pay my hospital bill and ecwa management quote unquote said that they'd help me out and they never did and then the very next show i wrestled the first match on the show and put some other guy over who had never wrestled there before do you remember who it was it was Josh Adams. Okay, violence. Right, so violence. I, I, I like made him for the ECWA fans, which I didn't have a problem doing because I like Josh. But like, how come I'm main eventing one show and then the very next show I'm losing in the first match? It's just I'm no. constantly punished because I came out, I came out and said they wanted to put me with a manager, and I came out and said unrelated to that on some Facebook post, like there's too many managers on the Indies, bro. Like there's just too many. Like somehow you've somehow all these people have convinced promoters and stuff that they're as valuable as the talent and like somehow my bumps that i've been taking my entire life i've been taking bumps i've been taking bumps since i'm 14 years old like I don't need a manager who hasn't been taking bumps as long as me, who doesn't know the business like I do. And they're like, and somebody was like, oh, well, maybe teach them a thing or two. I'm like, it's not my responsibility. If you put if you put a, a manager on somebody who can get heat and doesn't need a manager, like all you're doing is stealing my damn heat. Yeah. Right? Like that heat's mine. Why, do, why does it have to go to this person? And then that, that affects my payday too. Yeah, it does suck. So I'm then just, once just... I said that, once I said that, then they like were like, "Oh well, we gotta quote unquote punish Corey now because I spoke up and I wasn't even I wasn't even specific about the company or the manager. I didn't say a damn thing that would imply that I meant them or the manager they wanted to put me with. It was just like, oh well, you know, stop having opinions about stuff. And I was like, you know, other companies like let me write shows and I can book the shows. I can do this better than this guy who's 15 years older than me and has antiquated old passe ideas about booking. Well, he could wrestle too. Right. So I, I booked WPW. I wrote shows for WPW. I commentated. I, I, I booked shows at the at the 2300 Arena. I was doing that too. Like, it's not like I'm just some schmuck. Yeah. 
And I'm I'm just saying sometimes when I am saying give me just give me the ball and let me f and run with it. I'm not saying that because I'm nobody. I'm not saying that because like if on commentary if on commentary you're having the commentators flip me over that I'm a, I'm this 15 year vet. Then why are you having me just get disqualified for beating somebody up in the corner? Like don't you think somebody who's been doing it for 15 years would know not to get disqualified by beating somebody up in the corner? It just didn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just amazed that um they didn't pay your medical bill. Well, that's just a, uh, that hashtag speaking out. That's just a part of it. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. We're uh, not going to get into that story. Oh, no, no, no. I, I'm not trying to. I've got stories about that guy, too, so, but we're not going there. Uh, I know who you're talking about. I'm not going to bring yeah. it up. I don't want to put that. That's our show. We don't want to. I just want to hear stories, and we get stories. So, out of your whole career, what is your um? What was your favorite match so far? It's it's really tough to say. I, I've I've had a lot of matches where I've had a lot of fun, but I'm gonna I'm gonna probably say a program that I was running with Zach Connor. Do you know? Do you guys know who Zach Connor yes, is? Yes, we do very well. Okay. Well, you so know that. we did we did an angle where um, the DCW stripped me of the championship, right? Okay. When they stripped me of the championship, I wouldn't give it back to them. Like I was holding it hostage, so I was carrying that bell around saying it. It means more that I'm holding it because this has prestige. So, like, we, we built it up where a tournament was going to happen where the finals wound up being Zach and I for the then vacant title. But then he beat me, and I took the belt, and I ran, and then they gave out – they brought out another belt, and they were like, okay, this is the new belt. That belt's retired now. This this is the DCW championship now. And I was like, I was like, nope, this is the real one. This is the one with the prestige. This is the one that's been held by countless names. Glenn Osborne, Justice Payne, Matt Bomboy. And I would just go off about everybody who had held that belt. And uh, and then we had we led that up into a match where it was, uh, we did a, a ladder match with both belts, but it was a ladder match inside of a cage. Okay, that's so you'd have to you'd have to get out of the, you'd have to get out of the cage get the ladder bring the ladder in and then climb the ladder up and get the title okay so they didn't want to uh, they didn't want to make it like razor moon versus Shawn michaels in a way so yeah except for with a cage <laughs> yeah so like that storyline i'm like wow it sounds like that um michaels match but i like that storyline almost like you're mixing the whole rick flair real world type thing yeah and with it, which is really cool. But that that is also yeah, storyline. Right. This is my title. This is, means more. I love that. That man. I wish I was wild. See, I just found out about DCW not that long ago. You love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's it, it was a lot of fun, and uh, it's it's weird, man. Um, you kind of you kind of give a lot of your you kind of give a lot of your your body and you sacrifice a lot of your time for wrestling and it's it's tough when you're like oh man now I got now I got all these bills that I got to pay and I got this job and I you know I'm not paying my bills with wrestling yeah. and it's like it, it's it's like oh are you that much of a mark for yourself that you got to go uh, take a, an entire Saturday like from morning to night and maybe make you know maybe make even like what gas money yeah like that, that, that that's kind of blows dude that does suck i wish there was like a like not a union but like a better pricing to, for these for you guys afterwards out there instead of like getting like 50 bucks or 20 bucks to just go and take a bump and maybe get injured and can't pay your bills like you said you could um like you had to pay your medical bills and there, right. there's something need to be out there to help you guys out there in the indie world and wasn't like um Dawn Marie trying to do something like that and then she took yeah, the money I think, that, I think that was a I think that was a theory I think it was a really interesting and very nice gesture 
but it, it absolutely had no legs behind, like no legs under it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It, it didn't have enough. It didn't have enough momentum to really get anywhere. Because there's so much stuff that happens. There's a lot of wrestlers that do pass away and all that. And it would be nice to, if there's a nest egg for companies out there to put in every month for people that need help. And well, honestly, man, I think I think that it's so it's been so used. To, it, the business has been so used to the way it's run mm-hmm. that like it, it everything needs to be everything needs to be shuffled up like I think it's it's been such a it's the the entire business has been mismanaged and like dude when I was I was trying to go I was trying to get booked somewhere I forget where it was they asked me what I wanted and I was like I don't know dude just give me just give me like I said like give me like 50 bucks or something and the guy was like oh well I got a car full of guys who I only got to pay them $20 and they mm-hmm. come from Buffalo New York I'm like well those guys probably suck oh, yeah. not not that the not that they suck but they suck that they're I can I curse yeah go yeah ahead. I got it, brother it sucks that they're fucking up the business. Mm-hmm. Like they're making it impossible for me to get paid to do something because they're willing to do it for less. Like they're devaluing themselves, which is devaluing me. We we did this show for my brother about a year and a half ago. Oh. And this guy brought all this talent in. He brought in Ken Dixon. He brought in Kobe. He brought in Eric Martin and a whole bunch of other people. Um, he brought Kyle and Chuck in. I was supposed to walk out with them. I did. And he, didn't pay any of them. The other guy who was helping promote paid all his people, but the guy that said they would pay us never paid us. So yeah, no. Yeah, there was yeah, two companies running that. It's just carny bullshit. You know right. what I mean? It's just that that's that's what the that's the gears that the that's the gears that a wrestling is booked is built upon. You know what I mean? That's the keystone. The keystone of indie wrestling is carny bullshit. Keystone of the large scheme of the pro wrestling industry is fucking mismanagement. Is just like abuse of power, uh like lack of resources, lack of funds and and really like people skating by on the minimum and and really like riding on the backs of people who are, you know, like, dude, honestly, I can tell you stories of how many times I've gone to shows and been like, been like, hey, can I get paid? Can I get paid now? Like, before the match? And they're like, well, well, no. Well, how many, how many tickets did you sell? And I'm like, I didn't tell, I didn't sell any tickets. Like, that's not, that's not the way this business works. It's not the way this business works. And they're like, well, well, you'll, you'll do Monster Factory shows for 20 bucks. I'm like, doesn't matter who I'm doing anything for. Doesn't matter who I'm working for. That's not how any of this works. I don't have to sell tickets. That's like that's. It's like everybody. Everybody treats everybody like they're brand new in this business. Like the promoters treat everybody, regardless of how long they've been in it, like they're lucky to be doing it. But as a promoter, you're supposed. As a promoter, you're supposed to sell your tickets. You're supposed to promote. The wrestlers right. are not supposed to do that. Like right. maybe you can post something and say, "Hey, oh, I got a match," but it's not your job to sell tickets. Right. Either way, dude, I was just like, I was like, "Hey, you, uh, <laughs> I, the promoter uh, at this show uh, got his other friend to come and like start like trying to talk tough with me," and I was like, "Can I please just tell you?" I'll never fucking come back here. Like as as calm as possible. I want you to know, like you're a shithead, you're a piece of shit. And as I'm leaving, I'm going to be stealing things. <laughs> oh, dude. thank you. Oh, me too. I'll be stealing things too. <laughs> um, I was like, uh, and then and then the, the the dude like 
rustled up he like rustled up 40 bucks to give me and i was like do you not understand do you not understand when we step foot into that ring when we step foot in the ring we're sacrificing our life and limb our bodies our health everything's sacrificed for you to make to you know of course we're entertaining our the the crowd and we're getting the you know we're getting the the validation that we are all seeking but we're also we're also uh Putting our bodies on the line, and oh, yeah. you're not, you're not, you're gonna, you thinking I'm doing that for nothing? Oh yeah, like the like, audacity, I, the, I, the 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 gall, the audacity. Yeah, the, the the next question was about ring safety. Like I'm all about like watching the referees, and I watch the whole match. You know what I mean? I I study everything, and I watch the referees, and if they don't go over and check on you guys when you do a high spot, I get a little bit pissed off. I'm like. Is anybody going to look at them? Is anybody going to check on them? And, and it pisses me off when I see that stuff. And, and it feels like some of the um, referees out there doesn't want to be a referee. And they're just out there just to watch. No, do you do you know uh, do you know uh, Dave Chappelle? You know uh, yeah. Watch the Chappelle show. Did yeah. you watch that show? Oh yeah, back in the day, yeah. There was a segment on on Chappelle show with Paul Mooney. Okay. And it was called Ask a Black Dude, right? <laughs> Okay. Yeah. And like, and he said, he said, here's the thing. Everybody want to be an N word, but not everybody want to be an N word. So it's like, you want to be in this business, but you want to do the least amount of work that it takes to be in this business. Oh yeah. So it's like, oh, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take bumps and risk my life. I'm gonna stand here and steal your heat and do nothing. And that's, that's the thing with uh, refs, managers. There's too many of them. They've convinced somebody that they're valuable and they are not. Yeah, that's true. So it's like it's not that they, they it's not that they have zero value. It's like some of them have an incredible value. Absolutely. Like you know, I I make sure I make sure I thank everybody at shows because it's absolutely a labor of love. No one's there because they're killing it. You know what I mean? No one's there it's because all about respect. Right. Everybody, oh, everybody say- who's there needs everybody else who's there. Really. When Dave takes me to shows, I always say thank you to everybody for entertaining me. Well, he had, DB had brought me to a show. It was a green show. These guys were just coming up and everything. And I'm like, all right, I'll come. I'll check it out. I'll help, whatever. No ref shows up. I'm like, all right, good thing I got my gear. I'm not going to get paid for this, so I'll just come help anyway. So I refed, and the one main event, the guy's like, you're going to take a double choke, son. In the back of my head, I'm going, fuck you. <laughs> And then I'm like, but, okay, go ahead and try. And then they go to set up a double choke slam, and I bow out. Like, there's no way I'm taking a double choke slam from two guys that have no clue what they're doing. Who were the main event? Who was the main event of the show? I don't freaking remember. It was at Matt. It was at Matt Tremont's uh, H2O building, and these guys just wanted to get in and goof around and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, you're gonna take a double choke slam. I'm like, no, I'm not. Yeah. Well, dude, every, everybody thinks that everybody's a mark. Like, right. of course, dude, we're in the business. We're in the business because we're the biggest marks. Of yeah. course, we became wrestlers because we're marked for the business. Right. So it's like it's like some refs will do whatever just because they're marks for it. Like some one of one of my friends, one of my friends, uh, I I know I got him booked as a ref a lot of times, a whole bunch of places. He's a good ref. He's a really good ref. But like I got a book from this one show, and he took a chair shot to the head in the main event because it was it was the main event. I'm like, bro, why did you do that? Don't let anybody hit you with a chair. What are you doing? No. And then, and- Ooh, not on their head. Oh no, I got a headache right now after yeah. hearing that. Nope. Oh, so um, I noticed like in the in the world of wrestling, women the women 
doesn't get um, over that well. What's your um, thought about the women's revolution? Honestly, man, um, I talk about this a lot on uh, I talk about this a lot on, on my wrestling podcast that I have. It's called Wrestle Rock. I uh, host it with uh, Rick Connor, mm-hmm. Rick Connor, and uh, Mark Kalbacher. We're, we we talk about wrestling, and I always say like the right now the the women's division is better than it's ever been. I think that like I think that. The women's division now is what the men's division was five years ago. Yeah, I can agree with that. Because you got yeah. like Charlotte and Bailey and all of them who are headlining oh, yeah. major shows. I think that I think that I honestly um, I I have a, I've had a tremendous amount of respect for women wrestlers for for a really long time. I dated a, a I dated a very talented woman in this business for like three years, and during that is when I like really became a fan of the women in the business. And like when they're doing it right, it's great. Oh yeah. Like they have to get, you know, just like anybody else, just like anybody else, you have to be trained the right way. You got to have the right trainers. You got to have the right matches. You got to have the right chemistry. You got to, you got to love wrestling. And you can tell, you can tell that all the women in the WWE and in NXT, they love wrestling. Yeah. Oh, Oh, I see. I see it. I enjoy it too. When, when, when the women's division was what it, what it previously was. These were just women who knew that they could get a job, you know what I mean? Who could yeah. get money for, for doing this. And now you can tell it's like people who really love it. And uh, if it shows. Oh yeah, big time. And I'm happy to see like going to wrestling shows, seeing more women on different shows too. Can't wait to see what's next for everybody else. I said now, like I've been to indie shows recently. Now they're like on AEW and I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. this is great. And like, like Deanna Peraza getting signed to uh, DNA. It's amazing. Rep- I'm happy for them all. So um, moving on down. Um, moving on down. Have you have any fears in the business? What kind of, can you give like, me examples of the fears? Like any kind of fear, about? like fear, like not getting somewhere or um, like a wrestler that you never wrestled before and you have a fear that he might screw up or like somebody's well, I mean honestly man um, I don't I don't know if if you have it on your research but I mean in 2000 in 2011 in 2011 I took the I took most of the year off because mm-hmm. uh, I had a I had to have brain surgery Ooh. Mm, yeah, so um, so <laughs> I returned to indie wrestling after brain surgery I mean ask me if I'm stupid because that's a real stupid thing <laughs> but I returned to indie wrestling after having that surgery. I think um, I don't. I don't really live with fear. I don't have a whole lot of fear really that much because it's like it's like that can that can really prevent you from living the life you want to live yeah. or being the person you want to be. Honestly, I think if I fear anything, it's that it's that somebody's paying attention to something that I'm doing that isn't the best thing to be a role model. Like I just want to make sure that I inspire people the right way. Yeah. If I have any fear, it's that uh, like that like somebody might find something of mine that's old that I don't agree with anymore and like really, really latches onto it yeah. and are somehow inspired to be, to think it's okay to be a dick. Okay, okay, okay. Um, oh God, I feel the rib coming. Well, what's the, what's the rib? <laughs> so, um, I like, I, I'm a big fan of ribs and pranks and Here so, so Dave Keener, like the first time I wanted to try to do an interview with Dave Keener here. And Dave's like, yeah, I got, a, I got a road story and all that. And I'm like, oh, cool. Can you please tell me the story? And like, he goes, yeah, it was me, Mike and Gangrel. And we were driving down the road and Gangrel fell asleep. So every time now, I, when we do interviews and all, I bring this up and try to rib him with this whole story every time and look at his face. It's funny. <laughs> So, do you have any ribs or pranks that um, happened to you? Friendly, not nothing bad. Nobody shitting in your pants. Um, 
bags or anything like that. But right no, one shit, no one's shitting in my pants but me. <laughs> I'm the only one who shits in my pants, sir. <laughs> I mean shitting in bags. Bag, <laughs> shitting in the bag. Yes, no one the... no one's shit in my bag ever. No, that's never happened. But uh But has anybody ever pranked uh, you? Um I don't know. Here's the thing. That that I can add this to fears because uh I uh I I ribbed I ribbed uh, my best friend Rick Connor like really really bad mm-hmm. and uh, and he's just said he'd get me back one day and he just hasn't <laughs> it's he's it's boiling up one day it's gonna Soon. yeah he, he, he hasn't and this was I'm gonna say this is probably like 2009 maybe 2009 mm-hmm. um, I was I was uh, on a road trip I was hanging with um with uh, Sammy Callahan and John Moxley okay and uh, and uh, you know Rick Rick was going by the name Rick Feinberg, right, for a really long time, okay. and he was doing, and he was also like editing videos for for promotions, right, which he still does. Like you can follow his YouTube channel. It's YouTube, YouTube tinyurl.com/slash/youtube/rickgonner. Yeah, or like RC something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on there. Right. So all, yeah, uh, any of the stuff we're talking about, he's probably got footage of it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he was filming shows and um, and he was using the name Rick Feinberg. Uh, so uh, we were coming up with the idea. I think Sammy and I were talking about it, and Moxley. Moxley uh, asked me to give him to give him Rick's phone number, mm-hmm. so I did. And Mox called him. Mox called him and and left him a voicemail saying he was Rob Feinstein's lawyer, <laughs> and he had filed a cease and desist uh, for him to stop using the name and stop stop recording uh, wrestling shows. <laughs> and and uh, that that went on for like the whole day. Where um, I I was actually I was actually um, I was texting with Rob I was like yo um, I'm I'm doing a rib I'm doing a rib to Rick like don't blow it up don't blow it up just let it be what it is like say that you can't talk about it or something or just don't answer the phone but then Rick called Rob and was like are you suing me motherfucker and he was like <laughs> and and Rob was like no Corey's messing with you dude and then and totally blew up right in my face oh, and, rick was, and rick was like yeah dude i'm gonna get you back for this and here it's been here it's been 11 years and he hasn't said a thing so we're gonna send this over to him <laughs> wait to rick or rob because i got both of them on my wall oh we'll send it over. <laughs> oh my gosh hey it took a road story and a rib um, off the um, checklist. Right. so do you have any pet peeves in the business dude i have a lot of pet peeves in the business i mean honestly what's the number one I'm, I, I I don't know, man. I mean, it. it do you, are you talking about in-ring technique pet peeves, or are you talking about are you talking about like in general? Uh, um, the thing that pisses me off the very most is that um, other people who who like shouldn't be doing this are doing it and saying that they're doing it, and then somebody will come up to me and go, "Oh yeah, my friend Mike is a wrestler." And I'm like, oh yeah. And then I'll see pictures of Mike, and he's wearing he's wearing jeans and and a and a and a wife beater t-shirt and uh, some kick pads that he bought from Walmart. Like, I'm like, yeah. oh, him, what him and I do aren't the same thing. Of yeah. course, it's called pro wrestling, and I do that, and he thinks he's doing something like that. He isn't. Yeah. It's re- like think that that might be my number one pet peeve. Um, on on our show, Rassle Rock, we call it we call it Johnny Walmart kick pads. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. 
Can you can you take a short break for a second? Um, let's put a commercial gotta, break. I... Hey, DB, what you doing? Hey, what's going on? I'm looking outside. No, I'm getting a little hungry trying to figure out what I'm going to have for dinner. Oh, we're going to have something to eat? Yeah, and you know what? I'm thinking about ordering from this place in Wilmington, which is like your area. Oh, it's right around in my corner yeah. at Marsh Road, yeah. Right, so this place is called Siddeley to go. Oh, are we going to go somewhere? Yeah, oh yeah. I had pizza from there the other night. It was so good. It was delicious. Anthony and Alex and the rest of the staff there make really good food. And now, they're even catering. Catering? Catering. That's the magic word. Right, that was a cheap pop, too. Oh, catering. Right. For you. So now, they are located at 1806 Marsh Road in Wilmington, Delaware. 19810. Thank you. They're They're open every day from Monday to Sunday from 10 to 10 and on Sundays 11 to 9. You can reach them at 302-475-9000. Since 1982, they've been around. Authentic Italian food. And we're back from commercial break. Oh, look at that. Look wow. at that. That's amazing. Okay. So we're here talking about, talking to Corey here and talking about his amazing career so far. And did you, did you, just, did you just cackle, bro? I am being nice. No, I'm just so um, I like to do this little um, thing called Table of Five. You're the fifth person, so can you name me four people out of your career or you looked up to in the wrestling business to sit at your table? Who would it be? Oh, man. Um, okay, so uh, I have to say, when you, you were talking earlier about like fears and you were saying something about not making it in the business, Yeah. I, that that's not really where I'm at in my head. When you talk about my amazing career and I kind of laughed a little bit, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I, I've really transitioned out of being a wrestler. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm always a wrestler, of course. I'm going to stay a wrestler for the rest of my life. Oh, yeah. But as far as like that being the, the thing that I think I'm going to do with the rest of my life, like, I, I mean, I've already spent my entire adult life as a wrestler. So, I mean, I really, really, really love stand-up comedy. I, when I was a kid, it was like either I want to be a pro wrestler or a stand-up comedian. I didn't know I could be both. But now I get to be both. Yeah. Um, um, I, I mean, honestly, for the last, before the pandemic started, I'd say for the last six months, I've been making a living as an actor. Yes. So that's what I was doing for the last uh, six months before the, the pandemic started. Um, when it comes to, when it comes to my table, uh, it would have to be points that I, I can, as a, as a, as a comedian, like the people that I'd like to hang out with probably outweighs the wrestlers I want to hang out with, yeah. you know? <laughs> You know, and you know what the great thing about it is, like some of my some of my my biggest the people I'm like biggest fans of in comedy, I've had them on my podcast now, so mm-hmm. I do know these people. Like uh, that, that's the cool that's the coolest thing. Like, dude, like I had a I had an episode of my podcast with Todd Glass. Like that's that's like that's pretty one cool. Of the biggest, that's like one of the biggest gets I could get. I mean, I I I had well, I had two I've had two episodes now with Todd and. That's uh, awesome. And uh, you know, I got I got to I did one with Mark Norman. Like I look up to him immensely. Yeah. I'm a big I'm a big Mark for Mark Norman. Um. So I, I just I don't think I don't think there's a limit on me. You know what I mean? So everything that I'd say like hypothetical or dream stuff, it's it doesn't feel impossible. Anything I want to accomplish doesn't feel impossible. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way but, to put like, it. But like I think like. If it had to be wrestling people that I'd want to like sit down and have conversations with, uh, I I just I don't even know. I mean, probably. I mean, and and this is the thing. I don't I don't think it's impossible for for me to have a sit down and do a podcast with like Chris Jericho because I think it's gonna happen someday. Yeah. Like um, that's 
for sure would be who I'd want to have on there. Cause dude, the guy inspires me. He's a dude. He's like, when I was a kid, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this or this or this. And these are all like pie in the sky ideas. And here I am doing them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know? And, and that's what, what Chris Jericho is doing. So, um, I mean, Jerry worked out doing movies too, so. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. it's, these are all things that, that you, you know, like, you don't think, you don't think it's possible until you start doing it. Oh, and yeah. I, you know, I've been, I've been on sets. I've been on movie sets with, like, some of the biggest directors in Hollywood. I've been on sets with some of the biggest actors in Hollywood. Like, and it's, we're all just people, dude. Like, we're all just the same people. We're, yeah. We all have, I've been, I've been doing this, this bit on stage where I talk about, like, can we please agree to stop comparing ourselves to other people? You're like, oh, well, that, that guy's got an amazing body. His life must be great. That, that guy's got all the money in the bank. His life must be great. Like, look at the car that that guy's driving. Oh, his life must be great. But I look at it this way. You know birds? Yeah. They, they still get hit by cars. They've got the entire sky. Nobody's got it all figured out. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I was looking at IMDb, and I, I seen that um you were on Gotham. Um, right. You were on the set of Shooter and Invincible. Um, the new the new one, um, Mirror of Easttown on HBO. I can't wait to see that on TV because they did my whole um they did like a scene in scene in my area growing up. So I can't wait to okay. see that. Wilmington or in no, Chai? No, in Chai. Yeah, they were they were on um, Meeting House Road near um, Don's um, Deli. Oh, okay. Right, right across the street from my elementary school back in the day. <laughs> what? Um, I mean, if if you guys if you guys had ever listened to my podcast, it's called Evolving with Corey Castle. Yes. Right. I'll, I'll start out every episode hitting this little drum. Okay. I hit the little drum because it's it's symbolic. Of I'm gonna continue doing what I'm doing and beating my drum my way and people I think people are gonna go hey one 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 of these days people are gonna go hey you hear that drum and they're gonna they're gonna like start I say this almost every episode and almost any episode that I'm a guest on somebody's podcast I'll say the currency that is your attention is is so appreciated because dude you got back in the day when you were like turn the channels and watch a show like you were competing with every show that's on on TV at the time but now you're not only competing with anything that's on you're competing with everything. Yeah. So the fact that you would make the effort, because to listen to any podcast, you really got to have it. You have to have an app already installed. You got to hit that play button and commit some time and some effort and some real thought into maybe learning learning a new thing or uh, hearing hearing something somebody else went through. Because like it's it's an it's an it's an amazing thing, and I always have to say how much I appreciate anybody who's never had a conversation with me. Or listening to me, and that's why I always say, like, you got if anything is going on with anybody, like, I'm not hard to reach. So anybody can reach out to me at any point. Um, I'm not hard to reach at all. Like, it, it takes it takes more it takes more effort to to reach out to somebody, making sure they're okay. Like, it doesn't take any effort. It takes no effort to encourage somebody, to check in on somebody, to make sure somebody's doing well. Yeah, yeah. And I just want to make sure, you know, I want to make sure with what little resources I've got. I can make something mean something to somebody. Oh yeah, um, I like to do a, um, a segment called "Back in Time." If you could have for your um your movie career now and um your comedy, would you have started a lot earlier? I did start a lot earlier. I started a whole lot earlier. Okay. I he was I, I start I my first movie I did was in 2006, mm. but it's like I, I it's it's not you know what I mean it's not the full focus. So okay. I mean I started my my comedy career I started doing open mics in 2008. Oh, so it, okay. I did start a long time ago, but I never was as committal to it. You know what I mean? I wasn't as 
committed to it as I should have been. Uh, I'd say, you know, I, dude, I do, I do a very similar segment on my podcast where I talk about your time, your time capsules. Yeah. Because I talk about, you know, every little piece of on the record information you're putting out there, like it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna outlive you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always say to whoever my guests are, I always say like, hey, here's your opportunity to to speak to somebody who might really want to, you know, who might really love you and want to know the the real side of you in this time capsule. In this pandemic situation that we're dealing with right now, we're just at the very end of where we are. Because right now, it was my favorite time to be me than I've ever been. So, uh, one of my questions I love asking is, when you go to the shows, there's always catering in the back. What was your favorite place to have catering? I know when we're in DCW, there's always pizza and soda. But I what was your favorite? Never, ever, ever, never, ever, 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 ever eat any of that stuff. <laughs> right? Never. It's great that it's there, but I never eat it. Yeah, Brian Sosh told us a story when he was um, and, um did the little things at WWE, and he talked about the catering there. So I thought that was Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, when I did stuff at WWE, I ate their food. But, I mean, at other shows, I don't. Like, I just, when, when I, you know, I did some extra work for WWE uh, 11, 12 years ago or whatever, and I, I ate their food. But, I, you know, I just, I, I made sure to, to I, I didn't eat too much because everyone was like, oh, they're watching you at every minute. They're watching you the whole time. So I was like real stressed about like the amount of food I ate. So I only ate a little bit and then I was really hungry for the rest of the days. So I would just go to Gorilla Position. They had another craft services table there and they had, they had uh, peanut butter and jelly on crustables. And mm-hmm. I was... And I was uh I was I was living off of Uncrustables those days. <laughs> so what did you do um for WWE for um? Uh, it was it was like Survivor Series 2009. Uh, okay. The the and that week's TV. So it was like uh the 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 Raw and SmackDown of course, but then the, the ECW and main event, all that stuff that was going on too. So I was just like mostly I just stood in the background of promos. Like I like I stood in the background of like a. Dave Batista promo and like a like a Mickey James promo and a Vicky Guerrero promo okay. and a CM Punk promo like little things like that. Uh, it wasn't ever you know it wasn't like hey I got to go in the ring and bump around and stuff. But I, I mean I did earlier in those days, but I didn't do anything that was on anything. Yeah, I I got kicked in my eye by Jamie Noble. Had, had a big old shiner on my face. So Dave has a segment um, called the Battle Royal. So it's like, you know, one of those, the, the one word um, shows that they're doing tell on. Tell a story. Kind of like that, yeah. but so I, I want a little bit more. What's that? So it's like word association? Kind of, yeah, but, but a little bit more. But with um, things that happened in your career so far. So if I said like Breaker Morant, what would you say about okay. him? I would say, I would say dad. I would say he's a good dad. He's an amazing dad. Yeah, I would not say, I would not say a thing about him professionally. I would say. Matt Boyd is a great guy and he's a really good dad. Yeah, that, that, see, that's the way I know him. I know him like that because growing up, when Matt made his debut, I was there when he had like the long hair and no tattoos. Same gear though, but still that. Um, Hyde, DJ Hyde. DJ Hyde. Um, um, he's a he's a tricky guy. I mean, yeah, uh, he's uh, he's been. He's been very fortunate to be able to use his resources, and um, he—he's tricked—he's tricked the wrestling world into believing that he deserves to make a living in it. So he's hustled. Uh, he's a hard worker. I mean, uh, he just doesn't work the right way. Um, He—he's uh, not grateful for what he's got. 
I mean, most of the time, I, I, I remember in 2003, I taught him how to take his first back bump. And he uh, he was um, having a hard time getting the, the flip bumps part. Yeah. Uh, he was having a hard time getting the flip bumps part. So they would set the crash pad out outside the ring, and he'd have to flip onto the crash pad to do a flip bump. And that was, like, weeks. He was doing that for, like, weeks. Mm. And um, then, like, finally, he was going to have, like, his first match. We, we didn't trust him that much, like, to not hurt us, right? But we were like, all right, well, John thinks he's ready. Let's get him. Let's get him in there. So his first match that he was having was against me and Jude. Do you guys know who Jude is? Yes. Yeah. It was a handicap match. Jude and I versus DJ. And we put him over clean. Not no not a thank you. Nothing. Um, then uh, And he, like, refused to kind of, like, work with us on some stuff. I remember I, like, called for him to do a kitchen sink to me. And he was like, no, I don't like the way you take flip bumps. I'm like, motherfucker, you just learned how to take a flip bump. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, ooh la la. Ooh, I like him. Um, I'd say ooh la la is, um, he's kind of a legend, man. I mean. I'd agree with that. There's, there's, like, a, there's like, a real lure that uh, one another guy who I think, is too nice for the business. Yeah, he's my neighbor too. He like lives like right around the corner. He's very committed to the character. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Um. So my word association with Mr. Ulala is commitment. Yeah. Um. Chris Sutton, ECPW. I would say Chris Sutton rubs a lot of people the wrong way and doesn't care. Yeah, I can agree with uh, that. That would probably be how, like, where where there can be an effort to kind of improve how people feel about you because you you're an amazing resource. You're you're a great resource. People would like you if you made an effort to have people like you and would want to really go to bat for you and help you out more, step up and go above and beyond for you. But like, you don't care enough. It's like yeah. if you met people more in the middle, then you might do a little better. But it's really like I was saying, he's one of the people where I'm like, you treat me like I'm lucky to be here. Dude, you're lucky to be here. I've been doing this since I was a kid. I get I get that you're some dude who's got a ring and stuff, but like, it's that same thing, that Paul movie. Everybody wants to be an N-word. Nobody wants to be an N-word. Yeah, right. That, that's kind of how I, that's how I would associate that, yeah. Kid America. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I have such love for him. It's insane. Like it's so. It's so. He's such a good guy. I mean, I can't. I can't say an unkind word I, about. Him. I've I'm never not. heard anybody say one bad word about Mike, except for one person, and I'm not going there because just, it'll just piss me off to talk about that conversation. If you're talking about Mike as Kid America, oh no, fuck that guy. I'm talking about when Eric Martin was Kid America. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Drew Gulak. Anything good about Drew Gulak? I've known Drew Gulak since we were both teenagers. I was introduced to him through a friend who's not a wrestler or not in wrestling. Oh, that's um, pretty cool. So I have a I have a bond with Drew. We don't talk anymore. We had a, a little bit of a rocky relationship there in the middle. But I'd say probably 2014 is when we became friends. We weren't really friends. We were just people who kind of knew each other. And I mean, we goofed around. Like I'd say we goofed around at the at the uh, CCW school back in like 2006. We would hang out at the school, and I think he definitely. My impression of him back then was that he had a gigantic chip on his shoulder, like he thought he was better than everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't like him. I remember. Um, so, something happened. I'm not going to get into all the exact details of it. I was like, 
I had a, I had a, I had just had like a breakup in the business. Yeah. The advice given to me previous to that was keep your girlfriend away from wrestling. Wow. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I didn't listen to that advice. And then, then a wrestler stole my girlfriend and I, I was talking to him about it. And he said, yeah, well, I'm not you though. And I was like, well, shit, why you gotta be a dick about it? Orange Cassidy. I remember I worked with him once. Jason I had, I had a, Yeah, I had a match with him once back in, it was a, a GBW was the company, and it was uh, me and Jude against him and Lucky. I'm pretty sure he got busted open in the match at some point. Like, his <laughs> nose got bloody or something, but he got his blood all over my gear. And oh. I was like, Ugh. So I associate him with his blood on my gear. And, and now... Especially squeeze, huh? And I, yeah, and now I especially uh, associate that name with him getting belted with oranges on TV last week. <laughs> Rob Strauss. I don't know who that is. Rob, uh, Rob Echoes. Oh, Robbie E? Is that yeah, Robbie E. Could you just say uh, Rob Echoes? What are you going by now? Okay. Um, I'm not a big deal in wrestling. Saying that right off the bat. Like right from the beginning of this. I'm not a big deal. Anytime I've worked with somebody who's become a big deal after they've worked with me, they like pretend they don't know me anymore. Wow. That's like part of the deal. That's horrible. Yeah. Rob never did that. So he gets major points for me for that. That's cool. Yeah, that is cool. I already know the answer to this one. Zach Connor. Um, dude, one of my best friends that I've made in wrestling, honestly. Yeah, Zach's cool. Um, I, I'd say, like, him and I have done some of the coolest stuff that I've ever done in my life. And uh, if I had five friends just like Zach, then I'd be the luckiest dude in the world. That's awesome. That, that, is, that is awesome. Somebody who I know real well, Nick Burke. Dude, Nick Burke knows more information about my life. Like, any of the times that anything's ever been going on in my life, I talk to Burke. Burke, it's so cool to see, like, a mentor turn into one of your best friends. And I would say that that's Nick Burke. I would say I've had some of my most fun times with Nick Burke. Him just coming over here and us just sitting here and making jokes all day. Like, <laughs> writing jokes down. Nick Burke supports me in all of the things I want to do. He's right there. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better friend. Like, he'll really go way out of his way to really help somebody out who he loves. I remember doing a show a while back and... Let me just interject there for a second. Go ahead. Also, if he wants to be, he can be a real troll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my kind of person. He sitting there walking around at one of the shows, and I went to shake his hand. And he goes, who are you? I'm like, Mike's little brother. He goes, little brother? When the hell did you get so big? <laughs> so, Niles Young, your tag team partner in CKNY. Okay. What do I think about him now? Yeah. I think um, one of the most underrated talents in the history of wrestling. I can agree with that, yeah. Dahmer. I'd say Dahmer's more of a father figure to me than my father was. I, I love him. I love him, and I'm glad that he loves me back. Andy Summer. I don't like him. Uh, his name is AJ, right? This kid, AJ, he used to tag with Gulak. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think... I don't remember where it was or when it was, but like he thought we were closer friends than we were and he crossed the line with me and I was like, yeah, I don't like you. Not a lot of people that I don't like, but it was just like, I just, it wasn't that I didn't like him. It was just like, okay, he don't exist to me anymore. It wasn't like I went out of my way to dislike him. I just was like, whatever, dude, you don't exist to me. Yeah, I get that feeling sometimes when I meet people. All right, so I'm going to get nostalgic here. Trent. Um, one, of, one of my biggest inspirations, um, say, uh, like, I got happily compared to Trent a lot in my career. Like, happily take it as a compliment. Anytime anyone would say, like, hey, you remind me of Trent Acid, I'd take that as the biggest compliment. I, I consider him the um, River Phoenix of wrestling. Well, 
People called me his little brother. I don't have a scar on my lip, but I'll for sure play a joker. Yeah. Um, Rick Feinberg. Rick Connor. Dude, I was the best man at his wedding. Honestly, everybody needs to have a friendship with a person that's even the slightest bit as close as we are with each other. Yeah. yeah. Like, we were at the last DCW show I was working, we were talking about you, and I asked him how you were doing and stuff like that, and he was just filling me in, you were doing good, this, that, and the other. I'm like, cool, tell him I said hi. I bet he didn't tell him. Um, <laughs> no, he didn't, he didn't care about anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> Jude. So happy for him. He's like same same as Boyd. Like he's a great dad. He's got three sons, and they're all bigger than him now. <laughs> he's he's proud. He's a real proud dad. Him and Niles and I recently did a podcast that we released as my podcast and as uh, Niles' podcast, uh, struggling with Sozio. Yeah, but, that's cool. Uh, it, it was just the coolest little conversation. I mean, I I really did some of my growing as a person through being around Eric. And through being around Jeff, we were a family that you couldn't break us up. All right, how about uh, Chris Hero? I don't want to be negative, but... No, you can pass if you don't. I mean, okay, I think Chris Hero, he's an amazing trainer. Like, look at Alistair Black. Like, he's done a great job. He is really far up his own ass. That's how Mm -hmm. I feel about Chris Hero. He buys his own hype, like, ridiculous. All right, what about Claudio? Great, I love him. He uh, he wouldn't hesitate to like see if you're struggling with something to come over to you and be like, hey man, what's up? What's going on? You all right? Everything good? That's a, he's a good guy. He's incredibly underused. He's incredibly underrated. He should be a world champion by now. So this one kind of hits home with me. Nate hatred. Honestly, man, the biggest smile you'll ever see. Uh, I mean, the biggest smile you'll ever see. It's like um, he was gentle giant. Always had those like that excess spit on the side of his mouth because <laughs> he was always so high. I loved him, I loved him so much. Yeah, now I remember I was working at the stadium when my brother called and was like, oh, Nate died. I'm like, oh. that was yeah, a sad I was, night. I was with your brother when we got the news. Well, uh, I was doing security at the third base gate when I got the news. Josh Adams. I, you know what? I think I like him. I really do. I think he's very talented, and he's had some challenges in wrestling, and he, like, really, really faces them really well. Like, at Dojo Wars, they had every show, they made him, like, come out and have a different name every time. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he like, really ran with that. I think that it'll be criminal if enough people don't really understand how good that guy can be. Kind of like the new stuff he's doing. I don't. I haven't caught up. He, he plays a character of violence, and he doesn't speak. He's a mute, and he just does his thing, and he's over. And he's not a good dad. I see pictures yeah. of him and son oh, all yeah. the time. Uh, Joey Janela. Okay, I, I don't have anything bad really to say about Joey Janela. Um, I I met him when he was like 17 years old. He marked out for me being there. Like he was kind of being a little marky. But then once he did that roof bump and everybody was talking about him and stuff, he acted like he didn't know who I was. Um, right, I got that, one. I got one more for you, and then we'll hit the close. Danny Havoc. Funny. He's a funny. He was a funny, 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 funny kid. So funny. Uh, he made me laugh every single time we were around each other. And I had this memory of him that it makes me, I laugh all the time whenever I think of it. He was like running around calling everybody a little so-and-so. Oh, you old so-and-so was the funniest thing because I've never heard anyone say that in real life. That's awesome. So do you have any on social media that you would like to send out to the fans? Yeah, dude. Um, Honestly, if, if you've listened this whole time, I appreciate the effort. I appreciate the attention of yours. If it's not too much effort, look me up on Instagram and Twitter and like like my Facebook page. 
my my Twitter and Instagram is at Corey Castle, C O R Y K A S T L E, and the Facebook page is Evolving with Corey Castle. If you want to check out my podcast, I've had uh, like I said, I had Todd Glass on twice. If you hit that subscribe button, you'll get a new episode every Monday at noon. I have one dropping tomorrow with Danny Cage, the owner of the Monster Factory. I just had a uh, filmmaker Joe Griffo on this week. The week before that was Comedy Central, Comedy Central star Monroe Martin. So a lot of a lot of uh, popular comedians is your podcast on apple and anything else it's on everything man on everything okay just want to make sure on on spotify apple podcast stitcher iheart radio player fm anywhere you find and subscribe to quality podcasts you'll find mine Okay, that, that's good great. to know. Thank you. So, Corey, uh, every time I have everybody come on, I'm, I always say, "Welcome to the family." So, welcome to the family. Thank you. Anything you need, we're here to help. If you want us to promote something on our page, we'll promote it. Whatever All you right. want. Thank you well, for coming I on. Really appreciate it. It's, uh, I, I, I was laughing earlier, and I didn't say it to anybody. I was just thinking about it, laughing about how you did the, uh, the, the Insegiri Network. Yeah. And I was like, that ah, Insegiri is the most overused wrestling move in history. That's why it works. And nobody knows how to spell it. That's why we rebranded. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how to spell it. I spell it wrong all the time. I'm like, no, you spelled it wrong, dude. Yep, and that's why we went with Ten Wrestling Network, and we have our own shows. Okay, thank you, Corey. Cool, 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 guys. Well, you know, make sure also you check out Rassle Rock, R-A-S-S-L-E, Rock. That's uh, That comes out every Monday as well. Okay. Sometimes it comes out Sunday. We talk about the week in wrestling. We have a segment we call Who Wins Wrestling that we play every week. It's a funny-ass show. Like I said, me, Rick Connor, and Mark Hawker. We have guests on. We had Jerry Lawler on. We've had Lenny Popo. We've had Warlord. We've had some pretty cool big-name guests come by. Oh, my gosh, that's, that's awesome. Cool. One of these days we'll get there. Okay. But, you know, thanks for showing interest and having me on your show, guys. And uh, Anytime, I, you know, I man. wish you all the best of success. And if uh, if your listeners are looking for another wrestling podcast or just another podcast, throw throw an old search in there for Corey Castle. C O R Y. No E. Don't put that E in there. No E. No E. <laughs> no e. <laughs> Castle yeah. K. Right, once again, Corey, thank you for coming on. And I hope thanks you enjoy lot, the rest of your night. All right. Thanks a lot, dude. You're welcome, man. Be fun. Have safe. You too. Thank you. You like candy? I love candy. I like candy too. I love candy a lot. What about wrestling? How much do you like wrestling? I love wrestling. So, what if you can combine your love for candy and your love for wrestling? Oh my gosh, it's the sweetest thing in the world. So, at Candy of the Stars, they put them together. Together? Yes. They put wrestling and candy together. How? How? Gotta find out. Oh. Follow them at Candy to the Stars on Facebook to see all the candy creations. And you can also follow them at Twitter at K-A-R-I-M-E-N-A-S-H-E. Should we call them now? Hey, I got the number right here. Oh, what is it? You can call them at 718-687-8804. Oh, can you say that again? Once again, the number is 718 718- 687-8804. They also specialize in chocolate lollipops. Ooh, let's get some. All right, I'm going. Let's go. Get in the car. Let's go. We're going to Disney World. All right. That was a pretty good show. Oh, my gosh. Dude, like, I can't believe what happened in this wrestling great. business. Oh, my gosh. His Me, Me Too movement talked about that. We talked Bruce. about Bruce. Oh, my gosh. If you haven't seen Bruce, please watch, watch it. Watch it. Um, what else is out there? Corey Castle. It's Corey I, Castle. I, I, like, like, you, I can't. I'm just happy. To, like, it was a great the interview. interview. I, I have nothing to we, say. We I talked about Brian Sosha. We talked about everything. This is a long interview. and it was I'm, a long, I'm, great interview. It's a long interview. I hope everybody enjoys it. Thank you very much for listening. You are appreciated in my world. So welcome to the family. Welcome, 
Corey to the family. Welcome everybody to the family. I mean, and I've, been I've, watching, been, I've been watching Corey almost oh, half my life. Man, like, dude, welcome to the family. Everybody yeah. who listens to this show, you are part of the family. Just send me and a message. I will talk to you. Side note, oh. I was very, very, when I talked to him about oh. coming on the show and everything else, mm-hmm. I kind of surprised that he said yes. Why? Because of who he is, who Statue is in the independent scene. He's one of the biggest, the best. And I mean... Like, I can't go and talk to any independent wrestler I know without saying good things about Corey Castle. Corey Castle is amazing. Right. I I just talked to him for the first time, and wow. Sitting there and locker room stories where we just hang out, not eat the pizza, just drink the water. Because you don't know where the pizza came from. Right. If it's not Sicily to go, I don't eat it. If it's not Sicily Sicily to go, then it's not pizza. It's not pizza. There's your plug right there, Alex. Right, there you go. (laughs) So... Let's end this on a good note. Everybody, on a on a good note, high note, big note, I kind of note, whatever note you want to note, it's a lot of notes there, right there. Footnote. Footnote? Oh, what about footloose? Sticky so, notes? Sticky notes, oh. But anybody that's out there to listen to the show, I do mean it. I do mean it. Why are you doing this to me? You know, you are a part of family. Send me a message. I'll listen to you. I am D.B. Richards. I'm Dave Keener. And we'll see you, you in the ring.